Well, welcome to Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy, episode 134. And hello, Henny. <laughs> I was going to say, I wondered where you were going with that. And here we are. Hello, are. Sandy. Okay, Henny. This has been a big week. It's a big week for WW. Big week for WW. So, new program. Yep. For me, it was kind of weird because I did know there was a program change coming on because somebody might have mentioned it at some point a long time ago. Right. But I didn't... That might have been. I know. You're rubbing your nose. People can't see that. It's not like, yeah, you're trying to like make it. It's not like you're a genie trying to make yourself go away or something. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also the first time that a program change has happened, like, the last probably four program changes that I did not know about it and know all how it all works and everything before. But I also wasn't super interested or worried about it Ah. because even after you'd had your training, which I knew when you were having your training, we never had a discussion about it. No, no. So, so I mentioned that it like that there was a new program and I like that it was coming and you knew that I was having the training, but I, but I, I was, I was fulfilling my obligations to keep things on the down low. Don't want people out there thinking that I'm, you know, ratting out secrets or anything. Like I get special privileges or anything. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. But I also didn't ask. Um, Correct. Because I, which I appreciate. So I had to think about why. So one, I think the biggest reason is that I, I know from past experience that anytime there's been a program change, it's always been to move people uh, closer to being able to just live a healthier lifestyle Mm -hmm. and even even though it's going to um encourage me to make different changes and different choices it's not a punishment it's Mm -hmm. it is a reason to take small steps to make those changes and and still not be worried that, oh my God, because now instead yesterday, this was this. And today this is this, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that I'm going to like gain all my weight back Mm -hmm. or for those people who are in losing, you know, still losing, like, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop losing weight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a, it's not punishment. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, and, and you take it, take it as, as it is. I, I think that, you know, reading Connect, I mean, people were just losing their shit. Right. They're angry about it. How dare W... They're going to make me eat this. No one's making you eat anything, okay? If If you were honest when you took the quiz and it came up and created this list based on your personal answers, Mm -hmm. this is what it was suggesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the great thing, right, with this new program, which is called Personal Points, is because it's all about being personalized to you. And so this is the first time that a WW program, or I would argue probably 
any program out there has really been designed in such a way that your personal preferences are a part of like yes. how the program is built, right? So it's based mm -hmm. on your age, your weight, your height, um, your your sex, and also your personal preferences. And so, so if you're unhappy with the foods that the program is guiding you toward, then you, you, you do this, you do the quiz again and you pick yeah. the foods that you actually are more excited about eating. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's, it's amazing to me that, yeah. that a program is designed around the things that I prefer to eat. Yeah. It's it, like, it, it's kind of wild. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, maybe that's just me. Yeah, and it's, so I mean, it does. T it's a bit of a mind shift, right? Like it kind of f's with you because yeah. you know, you know, I, I I eat avocado every day, right? So you know, obviously it was like when I was doing the quiz and I hit avocado, but now avocado has a zero point value. For so you. correct for me, but does that mean that I'm going to eat three avocados a day? Like that is not realistic just because it's zero points doesn't mean necessarily I'm going to eat that much more or feel like I can just super indulge in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like I'd said to you I said well, geez you know like I'm looking and then I, I mean I fell into it I'm like I took a snapshot of someone from connects like zero point I'm like how come they've got like six things and I've only got this, you know? And I'm like, what am I, okay, you re you're ridiculous. What are you doing yeah, right that now? That was so funny when you sent that to me because you're like, they've got, why do they have all of these zero point foods and yeah. I only have this many? And I was yeah. like, well, I have all of those zero point foods and even one more. So, <laughs> yeah, so maybe I'm I like, send you my list because you'll be mad. <laughs> no, it was almost, it, to me, it was almost like, well, because I chose avocado that I get less other zero point foods. Uh, so honestly, I, when I think about like my eating, because I, on my list, I don't have like a uh, sweet potato. I don't have any grains on, like I have oatmeal because I chose oatmeal and things. So that's very, those lists are limiting. When you look at oatmeal, it just says oatmeal, oatmeal like this, oatmeal like that. It's not like I chose like rice and then it's come up and go, okay, brown rice and um, wild rice and, and, and you know, one. exactly yeah. like, and see, and I chose that yes. because, because that's something that I'm more likely to eat than oatmeal. Cause I'm not having oatmeal every day. Like you do. Yeah but I haven't eaten oatmeal like every day for a long time. Yeah. Like probably a year. Like I yeah. very rarely, but it was always, I always had oatmeal. I know. So now I feel like I've pigeoned myself into a hole. And then what, just saying that is ridiculous because I can just go back and change it. However, I've decided that I will just, you know, that was my initial first mm -hmm. answer without realizing what the outcome necessarily was going to be. And mm -hmm. isn't that really what it should be? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I feel there can be a lot of manipulation. Uh, do you worry about sort of like gamifying it? Yes, because yeah. you can. Because isn't, I mean, we used to jokingly say, I mean, you can... Um, you know, there's parameters within and it's like an elastic band and you can like pull it, pull it, pull it until it snaps at you. Mm -hmm. And 
and we used to say, you know, I often would say like, you, you know, you personalized and created your own plan, which exactly what the, this is. <laughs> that is what this is. <laughs> Yes. So you were so all those people were on to something. That's right. So but I understand like I've seen people who have taken I just keep taking it taking it taking it. Well, I mean, I can guarantee you that no time is it going to have wine or chocolate on it. Okay? <laughs> and any combination that it is not one of the combinations it's going Correct. to say. Correct. I think yeah. So and it adjusts your points accordingly. So obviously, like I went, I was green before. And so I had 30 and then I went to 18. I was like, what? But it's because of the zero point things that are in there now. So I also have chicken in there, but I don't, I don't just because out of that choice of things, that's the one I chose. Yeah. I don't eat chicken all that frequently, to be honest with you, because right. when I turned, when I went to green, I, I counted chicken, I counted beef It all. Do you, not, do you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So you sort yeah. of, you had a greater variety of the things you were eating. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, so I just thought, I'm just going to like continue sort of eating the way that I was and, and things have been fine. I mean, yesterday was in, it was, I, I was out and had two coffees out and they were both cappuccinos with fat free. And so it was five points in, co in coffee, which is not a normal day, but yeah. I wasn't going to freak out because yesterday I used like 25 points instead of, no. like, you know, whatever. Um, but all of that to say, I'm going to like leave this for a couple of weeks and then see how I feel yeah. because it doesn't mean that I'm not going to eat rice because I need to count it. Well, <laughs> and I guess that's the thing, like, and even with, yeah, like with anything, like just because something is zero points, it doesn't mean you must eat it. It doesn't mean you must eat it every day. It also doesn't mean that you can eat it in excess. Yeah. Right? It just, yeah. the fact that it is zero points hopefully um, gives you a little bit of incentive to choose it over an option that might not be as beneficial to you either it might not be as beneficial to you because you don't like it as much maybe it's not as beneficial to you because it's not as nutritionally uh nutritionally beneficial you know or maybe it's not i don't know maybe it's not as convenient i don't know right but yeah but so it's you know so those zero points are trying to like you know sort of give you the opportunity to have something that you like to eat that is good for your body and that is always available to you but but there's a difference between that and saying like well these are my zero point foods that means these are the only things I can eat that means these are the things that I must eat at every meal that means that like it doesn't mean any of those things no but I but I think but if you think about the way that our heads often go right yeah but if you think about you know the three colors I think that the the switch is probably the most challenging to move back towards for green because our, the zero point list was, was basically fruits and veg, non-starch right. veg. Right. And, right. and, and so now it's added in some of the zero point foods, which for me, had I wanted, like I would just would have stayed on blue. Mm, I see, I see, I see. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I can appreciate people that were on green and, and, and how 
this is, you know, one set of challenges. Though people that are were, you know, just blue or were purple have other sets of challenges too. So yeah. purple feel they really don't have the variety that they did before. Mm. And blue also, because then if you choose chicken, then you don't have fish as a zero point food, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it limits the amount of zero point foods you have. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it actually shrinks it away. Mm -hmm. But, but I think that, and, and so we, I can understand where people are be having a hard time believing that this is a move forward. Mm. Until they just calm the F down <laughs> and actually, like, truly just allow themselves to continue eating in the same methods that you were or look for different opportunities, track it and see how you feel. And if you are still being successful, isn't that, isn't that really what, what this is about? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it, Sometimes having too many choices is too many, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also I'm, I've, I have seen people who are like, well, now I can eat all of as many, much of this as I want. No one ever said that. That was no. never part of the vocabulary. Yeah. You know, um, for sure. I think the big thing is for people that chose like, because they are either type one or type two diabe diabetics. Yeah. And when they saw fruit needed to be counted, mm -hmm. but, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it will be interesting. I, I've been watching people. It's like, it's interesting to see how they feel about it. There's, I've seen some people who are like, I think this is really going to help me balance out my sugar better. Yeah. Bingo. That's why. Yeah. And, and, and also there've been, there've been requests for how does this work with diabetes for mm -hmm. diabetics? How does this mm -hmm. work? So now you've got it. Yeah. And now you see what it, you know, it's like, I want it, I want it, I want it. Oh, wait a minute. That's what it's going to require me to do. <laughs> Can I change my mind? <laughs> so it's pretty fun and fascinating to me that they've been able to design a, a program that really is, that really takes into account the, the like your preferences. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's kind of remarkable that they've been able to do that. The other thing that, and you didn't even mention it, but this is the other part of the, I mean, the other change, of course, is that the yeah. points calculation is different. Correct. Right? Yeah. And so I was like, it was really great that there were like, um, you know, protein mattered and sugars mattered and, and, and fats mattered and all of those things in the determination of the points values. But now there's a differentiation between saturated fat and unsaturated fat. Okay. So that has shifted the points values of some foods because foods that are high in unsaturated fat aren't necessarily as high in points as they used to be because yeah. we recognize the, the benefit of, of that nutrition so so that's a change that that has sort of it's a it feels like it's a little bit under the layer like it, it's a little bit uh you know kind of it's not a hidden change but it's one that doesn't seem so um you know in your face but but that the way that the points have been calculated is slightly different so so there are some foods where those points values have changed but the, the other major change that I'm also like really excited about is this idea of being 
um, really, really, really encouraged to eat vegetables. Yeah. And, 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 and the way, and the way that we're being encouraged to eat vegetables is by saying, you know, like if you eat a cup of vegetables, you earned yourself a point. Yeah. Like it's so good for you. Like, and I guess that just speaks to, and we spoke about this many weeks ago about the, yeah. the amount of people in North America in particular who just are not eating a lot of vegetables. And, and so I think that this is WW's way of saying, you know, vegetables are so, so important for you for so many reasons for all of the uh, vitamins and minerals that they are full of for the yeah. fiber, for the water, like yes. for all of the stuff that is in these like non-starchy vegetables, like we mm -hmm. need them in our diets and, yeah. and, and this is the way we're going to get you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because just making them a zero point food clearly wasn't enough. No. <laughs> right. So, and, and I, I guess, I mean, just listening to you say that I was thinking like for you and I, like, I, I can't, like, it's hard to imagine people that just don't eat a lot of vegetables. It's, it is really hard for me to imagine people who don't eat a lot of vegetables. I mean, I can, sure. I, aside from appreciating, um, uh, you know, when people are on an extremely limited uh, budget, um, also people who may live remotely, like, or in areas where they're, uh, they call it a food desert. Of course, of course, right? of course. So those, if there's no, if there is, if there's a lack of access to vegetables, either correct. physical access or Thank financial you. access, yeah, I mean that makes a hundred percent why that wouldn't be a part of a person's regular, right? Eating, but right? but but for for the, I mean, more than fifty percent of people do have access to it. Yet there's a percentage of people that just don't. They just either. You know, I don't like them. I and I, I, it's it's so interesting to me. Is like, how can you not like any vegetable? Like, is it, is it, um, you know, something as a kid you didn't like, and then you just assume that now you're not going to still like it? Like, there's, mm -hmm. I, I find it. I mean, I maybe I just need to like, you know, do random surveys. <laughs> Well, I collect think... data. I need to collect some data. <laughs> I think that the fact that WW has said, you know what, a serving of vegetables earns yourself a point. I think that really speaks to how few vegetables many of us have yeah. been eating, you know, and, and I will tell you, like, I, I love a lot of vegetables. And I often use vegetables as a way of bulking up bulking. the things that I'm eating so that I feel like I'm eating a quantity without eating too much. Yeah. Um, but I will also tell you that there are some days that I am just too tired and too lazy to do anything more than have eggs and toast for breakfast or for not for breakfast, for dinner. Yeah. And I mean eggs and toast for breakfast is great too but but I'm talking about like I'm talking breakfast about it's for dinner it's 8 30 yeah. at night I'm exhausted I finally finished mm -hmm. whatever I was doing I haven't eaten anything and like and I and like even the idea of like chewing a salad is like like I can't yeah. do it you know and so it's like throw the toast in the toaster you know put a couple of eggs on the stove and there I go 
But I will tell you <laughs> that this week when I did that, I thought, hmm, maybe I should chop up that tomato too. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Proof so the, even for the, a person. The in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> so even for a person who does eat vegetables regularly, um, it does have me thinking about, oh, I, I could have this too. I could chop that up too. Like that wouldn't be too much work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're also the outliers, I think, Henny, because let's 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 be honest. And, you know, you and I have been together at events and we have brought vegetables on the side to bulk things up. Correct. <laughs> you know, and it would it is not, you know, out of the norm for you or I to have a plastic container that may have had a bag of PC uh, vegetables that we just threw in there and they were frozen and when we left and now they've thawed and they're long green beans and you got a full like baby carrot there like they're not even cut up and we just like reach our hands in and just, just like mow down just <laughs> mow down on them absolutely but also I mean is that something that I've done in the last handful of years yes is that something that I've done yeah. in my life no 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 for sure yeah, that's, I mean, that's after a lot of time and a lot of years of, of shifting the, yeah. the habits that I have when it comes yeah. to eating, right? Yeah, not even just shifting the habits, but it's also the, the, um, the learned uh, expectations of what, what we should be eating and what's acceptable even as far as behaviors, you know, I mean, you would at one point never, my parents are always like, did you just bring that in his restaurant? Yeah, actually I did because right. I want to be able to enjoy, you know, what I, this bit that I've like have ordered, but it's not enough to sustain me. And they don't, if they had what I wanted or, you know, yeah. was that fit in with what I want, I was willing to have, willing to have is better, yeah. Yeah. you know, then I would have it. But, um, I mean, Hey, hard boiled egg, chicken breast, whatever you got in your bag works. <laughs> this is scientifically based program that, that works. I mean, it's not, I think at one point I heard Dr. Foster say that there's like eight to 10 different programs that are always out testing at one time. So there are people, you know, throughout the world that are testing different iterations and variations of mm of the program um, and they're collecting data on that. So mm. it's, it, it doesn't make sense for a large company that's livelihood and existence is to help people be successful in removing weight and maintaining that loss, mm. not to do their due diligence before they just roll something out. So Absolutely. it's like trust the plan and yeah. the process. Yeah. Right. Namaste. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we will, uh, I think let's, I think we should come back in a couple of weeks, two or three weeks and then chat. This is a, a major shift for WW moving into this new uh, program, but we are still continuing our discussion of Dr. Foster's book called yeah. The Shift. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of weeks, we talked about the first four mindset shifts. And so today we are going to talk about mindset shift number five. Yes, we are. And then next week we're going to talk about six and seven, and that will bring us to the end of the book.
Correct. Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. I love the plan. So here we go. Okay. So mindset shift number five, and remember that we are uh, looking at Dr. Gary Foster's book, The Shift, and it's seven powerful mindset changes for lasting weight loss. And mindset shift number five is I have to hate my body in order to lose weight and shifting that to thinking I have to appreciate my body in order to lose weight. Yes. So Sandy, why don't you get started? Okay. You have some specific things that you were thinking about. I mean, I have some general ideas. Yeah, I think, I mean, this, this, I think this is, this, this shift is interesting. You and I have, have in the past on the podcast had quite lengthy discussions about different aspects of some of the stuff that was, that's brought up in this, in this, because we have some pretty, we've got, I mean, we have our own past experiences with, um, body image, other people's impressions, other people's expectations. Um, but I think I, you know, just as soon as I started reading the chapter, I was like, oh yes, I can remember distinctly times in my life where it felt like I couldn't engage in my whole life until I lost X amount of weight. So I'm not going to do this until I lose this much weight. Uh, you know, I'm not going to wear a bathing suit in public until I lose this much weight. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm going to a wedding. Well, I'm not going to go and buy the dress for that Mm. until I lose X amount of weight. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to join Weight Watchers until I lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Like I, the most ridiculous, that's the most ridiculous thing. But I mean, I've been there on that one. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have also been there, which when you say it out loud, you're like, what in the heck are you actually saying? That is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, the, and then after it would be a caveat, but it'd be like, oh, well, I'm down. Um, yes, with, with Weight Watchers, I've lost 15 pounds, but I lost 10 pounds before that. Because <laughs> that we have to tell everybody that too. Well, right? because that part's important. <laughs> Not really, but yeah, I know. That's the thing. We, we, yeah, anyways. Funny. So I have had that. Have you, and I, have you had that experience where you thought, well, I'm not going to do this until that. So whatever, like being fully engaged or allowing yourself to participate was dependent on your body size or, or a, a sp- and the magic number of pounds. Okay. So I have had where I, I mean, this was the, the problem with the, the, between, you know, attempt number two and attempt number three was I'm not going to go back to my workshop until I know that I've lost weight. Um, and then I didn't go back to my workshop. That was the problem. Yeah. So I have had that. Other than that, not really. Like, but I think because I, as a kid and as a teenager and even as a young adult, I was never given that opportunity. Like, there was no question that I 
play soccer. There was no question that I do swimming lessons. There was no question that I worked as a life. Like, like those weren't options to me. Those were things that I had to do. And so there was no, I never, I think I never even realized that I could, that I could or should opt out of things because of the number on the scale. What became a problem was that there did come a time when I couldn't do things because my body wouldn't allow it, like okay. riding a roller coaster, for yeah. example. Um, so, so I have had moments where I wasn't able to do things because of my body size, yep. um, but I didn't. I I ne- I don't think that I ever got in. Like I don't think that I had that many experiences where. I didn't do something because of my weight, like even like trying out for a play or like doing things like I did all of that stuff, trying out for school teams, joining different clubs, like, um, you know, speaking in front of people. Like I did all of those things Mm -hmm. at, at all of my weights. So, so I think, I think I'm, but I think I'm, I think I'm fortunate that I had that, I don't want to call it training. It wasn't training, but like I, that, that was the way that it was growing up. And so that was the way that it always was for me. Right. Um, but I don't think that that's the norm. No, I, 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 I don't think it's the norm for sure. For sure. That's super, that's interesting. Um, and I, I mean, I know you've, you've, you've talked about that before and I always thought that that was, I think for me, I, it was, I think it, like if I think about what you've shared about your childhood is that you have that on one side, but on the other side, you also remember not having the same lunches that the other kids did. You yeah. also got sent to what, was like, and, and I think I'm using your words, like fat camp. Yeah. And so how did you like, I mean, obviously it, you didn't really think about it, but it it's almost like two completely opposite ways of addressing <laughs> yeah. weight mm-hmm. where, well, you're, you do fit in, but wait, you don't, no, no, you don't. Yeah. I find that that interesting. It was obviously, I mean, you know what it, you know what is, you know what I was thinking about because I've been because I was thinking about that quite a bit reading through this chapter, and then at the end of the chapter is a recommendation to a podcast episode, yeah. and so then listening to that podcast episode, I was thinking about it as well because mm-hmm. they even talked in the podcast episode about like t- like discussions between parents and children about weight and so of course that you know that's what I'm thinking about I think what Dr. Foster talks a lot about in this in this chapter is shifting the focus on how you feel about how your body looks to how you feel about what your body can do for you yeah and I feel like my growing up life was, despite your body, you can do all of these things. You will be active. You will be engaged. You will, like, like your body is not stopping you from any of those things. And, and I was 
praised for doing those things, right? Like, like it was, it was always, I mean, it was always expected that I would do them, but it also was always a good thing that I was doing them, right? Like, look at what your body can do. And so I always felt that, that I could do things. Yes. But then on the other hand, I was also learning that I wasn't actually supposed to have a body of my size. And so I needed to learn, or I was supposed to be learning what to do to be healthier. Yeah. And to set myself up for future health, because there was always concern about having, like, living in a body with overweight and obesity and, and, and what that would mean for aging. Right. So, so I think that, be, I think you're absolutely right that I was getting two very different messages, but for whatever reason, they weren't messages that impacted my, like self-esteem. My, my self-esteem. No, because I think the message was always like, you can do it. Yeah. Actually, a better term, I think, would be it didn't it it didn't af- it didn't affect the value that you had for yourself. Correct. Correct. I think that's a that's a perfect way of saying it. And that's really what this chapter oh, yeah. is talking about. Right. Because he even says, like, this is a quote from the chapter, regardless of your starting weight. Those with a better body image when they begin yeah. their weight loss journey are likelier to succeed than those with a poorer body image because yeah. there's something connected to the way that we value ourselves as people and our bodies as the bodies we have yeah. and, and how important that is to all of the things that, that we're doing. Yeah. But, and, and what's interesting with that is that, uh, you know, the, the catalyst often for people who want to lose weight or embark on any type of, um, you know, weight loss or health journey, or, you know, just being more active is that, uh, I, I, I don't like the way my body looks and this is what I need to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And what he is saying in there is that 99% of the time you will not succeed. Those people do not. When you have a starting point of that, that does not bring you to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about this before too. It's like, there's a difference between I have fat and I am fat. Mm. Yeah. So we can, because when you, when you say you are fat, you are accepting that as part of your DNA, like who you actually are, your value in, in life, your value, not just to yourself, how you value yourself, but how other people you, you assume that they value you. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately we do live in a society where there, there are, are still too many people too many companies too too much marketing you know that basically bombards us with that message that fat equals unworthy like you know thin thin is has a better is is more valued mm-hmm. a thin body is has better value than and and when I say a fat body I just mean outside of whatever someone is deemed to be the norm Mm -hmm. you know which 
could be an absolutely healthy body. Yeah. There's a part in the chapter where he's talking about um, a specific patient that he that he worked with and you know sort of her journey to appreciating her body for what it could do and and mm -hmm. uh, and so he he says that you know um, that you know she along with and this is really the the messaging that we receive in in our society and in our culture is that a bigger body is objectively less attractive yeah and when i read that i immediately thought about the there i don't know if you have this or not sandy i don't think i've i don't know as i've ever like if mm. we've ever talked about this or if i ever said this to you and so i'm not sure if you have a moment like this yeah but i remember a very specific moment in my life when I realized maybe for the first time ever that a body that was larger was strikingly beautiful. And I remember it so distinctly because I remember it mm. took me off guard that I was like, the most beautiful body that I'm looking at right now is the largest one. And, and that really stuck with me because I, without even realizing it, yeah. I, I mean, clearly I grew up thinking that, that you were less attractive if you were larger. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if I ever said that out loud or I ever really like put those ideas together, but I mean, clearly that's what I thought because I remember very distinctly <laughs> the moment when I realized that that wasn't the case. Really? Recently? No, maybe I was in high school. I don't know. It was, I was watching the movie Chicago, which mm -hmm. was made like to, you know, it was a movie adaptation of the play, right? Yeah. With Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? With Catherine Zeta-Jones and yeah. Renee Zwellinger. Yeah. And I remember we were at the movie theater watching mm -hmm. and I remember Queen Latifah comes out and she's like singing she has one big musical number and I was gobsmacked by how incredibly gorgeous this woman was and I thought this is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life like this is the most beautiful woman in this movie and like and I remember that that was the moment that I was like wow you don't actually have to be thin to be beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> like, isn't that incredible? And like also a little horrible. Yeah. I have, I didn't have a moment like that, but when I, th I think now when I am watching something or I see people and I think about, I think someone is attractive. It's often, I, I can honestly say that the size of their body is not the thing that is the first thing that I'm thinking that that's what makes that person beautiful. Like I think right. to me, it's a complete package, yeah. how people carry themselves, that, that that is probably the thing that I find if I'm going to be like, gee, that person's absolutely like, they're just all, the whole package is, is beautiful. Like the whole thing if I was to start picking specific things about them then that might change but it's not it's I think it's all about first impression 
you know, and, and what you see. Um, but I, I didn't have, I, I don't remember having an experience like that. Like I know for myself, I, I was, I was like probably 12 or probably 12 when I realized that that's probably when kids started picking on me. So I think that that's Mm. when I kind of realized Mm. that, that, that like I didn't have the ideal. I was, I was four the first time I remember kids picking on me. Yeah. So, so you, but that, that, that kind of experience really cements to like cements in your mind that, that that's, that you're not supposed to be like that. Yeah. 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 And I also, I, but I didn't have, and I didn't have a situation where like, you know, my parents were just, there was an expectation to be active and to do those types of things. And so so I just didn't participate in those types of things because I already had this notion that your body can't do those things like, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, because it's so interesting how we can have had such a similar experience with like being, having a body that is a certain way and then being picked on and and internalizing that the same way, but then the reaction to it being so different because of how other things around us were. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so this was, this is related to one of the other notes that I made about this chapter because he, so Dr. Foster says that, the influences that are on your body image aren't just like from yourself. Like the, no. so he says the three most significant factors that contribute to your body image are number one, personal history, mm-hmm. which is what your parents, siblings, peers, et cetera, said to you when you were growing up, teasing yep. incidents around puberty and dating, what people say to you now, like all of, so that's your personal history. Number Mm -hmm. the second factor is culture. So the magazines you read, the social media you follow, the prejudices and biases and discriminations that exist, standards about what's attractive. And then the third is self-talk. How you talk to yourself also influences how you think and feel about yourself and how you compare yourself to others. Yeah. And so I was wondering, Sandy, if you would say for you that one of those three has had a bigger impact than another or if they sort of all have had a major impact no for sure uh, personal history for me personal history 100 percent yeah 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 i mean i think the culture influences you for sure and i think your self-talk influences you but I also tend to believe that your self-talk is influenced by your personal history and culture. You no, know, <laughs> I was just going to say, because otherwise, like you wouldn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you wouldn't know what to say to yourself if your family or but your peers or you your need culture. To have one in, you need to have one and two or one or two, I think, <laughs> to really have that. Though you could, you could, because just because of, no, it wouldn't be because it's, personal history is just your observations of other people and then you comparing yourself so yeah 100 percent 
Yeah. Like I've shared with you before, like my, my, as a teenager, I remember my dad calling me lump. Like yeah. there's nothing, nothing, there's nothing nice endearing. about that. There's nice, nothing <laughs> endearing about lump. No, no, no. And it was more because of being like lazy and motivated. Like I just yeah. lump, right? Like a lump on the, like a, like a lump yeah, on a log. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, and it's funny, I, we've talked, we have, I've mentioned that before, but I hadn't thought about it again until reading this. Like I, I was like, then I pulled that out of that memory bank, you know, um, mm, boop. Oh yeah, there it is right there. But <laughs> so, Yeah. I, it does make, I, I am very, very aware. And I actually have, um, Amanda, um, from the WW workshops to thank for this, because I remember, I remember her being in a workshop and it was a time she'd had her first daughter and her first, and she, her daughter saw her weighing herself. And then she saw that her daughter was getting on, started getting onto the scale. Oh, and for her, that was like a real like, oh, I can see now like how she sees me do it. And now because of that, she's starting to do it. I don't want her to have the same relationship mm-hmm. with the scale that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I have had the benefit of that also because of having two granddaughters to be very mindful about the things that I say to them regarding food in general Mm -hmm. weight body image but the other thing with amanda was was her making a like purposeful decision to talk and and say things to her daughters that weren't just how pretty you are Mm -hmm. you know how cute you are Mm -hmm. but how strong you are how brave you are Mm -hmm. you know the changing because those it's true that you grow up and then when someone doesn't say you're pretty anymore, now all of a sudden you feel like you're not pretty, mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. that, that, that was you, it was, it's almost like giving somebody a treat, right? Because you've given them that and the behavior has been about how good they feel. And then when you don't say that, or someone says something that contradicts that, then you feel like it's a bad thing. It has the opposite. Yeah. So I, 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 I think that that's, I think there's a bit of a debate about, you know, princesses and, Mm. you know, in, in Disney and about, and I know that they've made, there have been um, movements made, but just the fact that we have girls and boys in specific roles that, that, that is just something that is. I don't know if the world is quite ready mm. and Disney to shift, Yeah, you know, to shift that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, certainly when you're talking about stigma, um, you know, stigma comes from a societal expectation about what is ideal and what is unideal. And yeah. stereotypes are derived from that. And, you know, and, and we... We cling to those stereotypes because we understand them. Somehow we've, you know, we've, yeah. we've learned them to be true. Um, and, and they're not all that yeah. helpful in, in many cases. 
Yeah. 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 Oh no. And so toward <sighs> toward the the end, like toward the second half of this chapter, he Dr. Foster does start talking about stigma related to weight and yeah. and overweight and obesity and he and and he really talks about and he he references a couple of other experts in the field one in mm-hmm. particular um dr rebecca pull and she, and and so he he writes about her findings and and his own findings and discusses the fact that you know the the reason that weight stigma is so pervasive and so different from other types of stigmas is that because there's really an assumption that it's your personal fault if you have overweight and and so if you just behave differently you wouldn't have that and you know and then you could you too could be ideal you know (laughs) And and so that's really like where the crux of this, um, you know, problematic conflict is in our society between uh, thin and fat, between, um, you know, even to a certain extent healthy and unhealthy, but to, you know, at a, at a you know, quote unquote normal weight or overweight, you know, the, the, the trouble is that it is the general understanding of the population that if you have overweight, it's your fault. Yeah. And so you must have some sort of character flaw that you either are not willing to do anything about it or you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and this is something that we've talked more recently on the podcast about with some of the things that we've read and listened to, but one, and I alluded to this at the beginning or like earlier in our conversation, but at the end of the chapter, at the end of every chapter, actually, if you don't have the book, um, Dr. Foster leaves a little list of like extra reading or extra viewing or listening that you could do if you wanted to learn more about it. And so he references books and uh, scholarly articles. Uh, He's referenced a TED talk in one of the lists. And in this particular list, he references a podcast episode. And so I looked the podcast episode up and like sent it to Sandy and said, this looks interesting. Like we should listen to this. And the podcast is called Factually with Adam Conover. Had you ever heard of the podcast? No. No, no, me neither. I'd never heard of it. But no. he has one particular episode from January of this year that mm-hmm. is called What is Weight Stigma? And it's with Dr. Rebecca Pohl, which is one of the experts that Gary Foster has has written about here. Yeah. And that's really what the podcast episode is all about, too. Like, why do we as a society and even like like we as ourselves you know, have this real understanding that to to have overweight is inherently bad or yeah. wrong or ugly. Mm-hmm. And that if people have overweight, they're lazy mm-hmm. or they're lacking discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, like where where does this come from? And then what do we do about it? Yeah. And then there's the, you know, the added little complication of what happens when people 
choose to change their personal behavior so that they do remove weight. Yeah. You know, are they doing that in reaction to the stigma? Are they doing that just of their own volition? And are they really by, by deciding to, like, for example, and this is something that I have thought about and maybe even voiced on the podcast, that this is something that I think about even in myself, where I truly believe that people should be allowed to live as they, as they wish. Yeah. And, and you, we make all sorts of decisions for ourselves every day. And I mean, I'm going to try really hard not to judge you for the decisions that you're making, especially if they're decisions that aren't impacting other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so here, and so here I am as a person who lived for a long, long time carrying what was not a healthy amount of weight on my body. And so I decided to make some significant changes with the way that I was living, the way that I was eating, the way that I was sleeping, the way that I, you know, the the way that I, my life to, Mm -hmm. to try to remove some of that weight and did, and now continue to work very hard to keep that weight off. And, you know, sometimes successfully than others, but for the most part, you know, keep keeping it off. Um, and so then am I feeding into the stigma by saying like, well, I changed my behaviors and I removed weight. So what does that mean? Like, so, so is that giving other people fuel to the fire to say, well, if she did it, why aren't these other people doing it? Well, no, I think I, I, I understand, I, I can, I understand and I see where you're coming from. And, and of course, there are always going to be those people. But yes. I also feel like the people that want to know or are interested in and what you've done, how you've done it, are already at the point where they've made a decision to change themselves. So they are looking to be around or to get advice or to get inspiration or to get ideas from other people who have done it rather than to just think that they know what to do and then find that they're not successful with it and then don't know what to do because I thought I knew what to do or I know and we we I mean we've come across people like this it's like I don't understand like yeah I can see I eat really healthy I I already eat really healthy mm-hmm. okay you can still eat healthy, but eat too much healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's a reason that you're here today. We're mm-hmm. not judging you. You're here to make a change and you've already, mm-hmm. you've made the hardest decision by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be different, Henny, if you were out there saying, look at me, look what I did. Oh yeah. And at, well, I don't understand why everyone else can't oh, do it. Oh no, no, no. And no, there no, are, no. and there's a percentage of the population that are like that. Yes, that is true. I, I have, I do not, and I cannot even conceptually understand why you can't do it because I did it. Absolutely. The, and, and San, I mean, you know that, I mean, I barely feel like I did it. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm not about to put that on anyone else. <laughs> no. And you are but, probably, no, no. you're probably the, the, I mean, that's the thing about you is that you are very, very rarely will you, when not asked or prompted, share a lot of stuff, but 
But if you have someone was to ask you, you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that, I don't think anyone's interested. <laughs> That's true. I'm freaking boring. Like, so what? I, I think true. never in my life have I talked so much about my life as I have since we started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I feel exposed. <laughs> so many people know so many things about me. It's a little creepy. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So, but but the podcast episode um, that uh, that is on factually with Adam Conover, the the one that uh, that we've referenced, it talks a lot about this idea, right? And yeah. and the fact that personal behavior is only a and she and the the doctor who's talking says it's only a piece of a very complicated puzzle. Yeah. So, know. you know, does it have an impact? Sure. But it's not the only thing. No. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of, of things was uh, yeah. I had written down here was one that. was about um, that, that Dr. Foster at one point when he was doing some sort of research said that. 50% of the doctors that he interviewed felt that overweight people or people with, with, um, people with overweight or obesity were awkward, unattractive, ugly, and non-compliant. These are doctors. Like, what the F? That's what I wrote on here. W-T-F. Capital letters. You know, you... And you've, you've spoke about having a bad experience with a doctor. And for yeah. anyone out there that is... Has, you know, regularly going and seeking medical attention or medical advice or doing, making changes and wanting to make sure that they're doing it in a healthy way because of any other reason, pre-existing conditions, medications you're on, etc. If that's the type of feedback that you're getting, I think it's time to, you know, be, be your own best advocate and to look for someone who has a better understanding of what it is that you're trying to do and 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 is going to support you in the way that you need them to because it can be very detrimental i think that you know most of us put a lot of faith in in our our um, medical professionals mm -hmm. because we assume that they know everything and we forget that at the end of the day they're still human beings mm -hmm. They have their own prejudices, their own biases. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whether they're supposed to bring them to the work that they do or not is irrelevant. And that if you find yourself in a situation where that that you're not, you're, you're feeling something like, listen, like those spidey senses. Sometimes it's more than that. They've someone actually says something to you. Tough yeah. love doesn't work in this this is and that's not their and it's not their place and dr foster would agree with you tough love it's it he 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 mentions it several times there is no research backing to the idea that tough love yeah. is beneficial yeah yeah the other thing was that you know we talk about weight stigma it, it at this point it is still legal to discriminate based on weight mm-hmm you know, so in the podcast so that we listen to after, they say, I think the state of Michigan is the only one. And there's six U.S. cities, cities that have made it illegal. Yeah. 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 Um, and the other thing that I found reading the book, what Dr. Foster was saying, was that anti-bullying policies in schools and workplaces don't include weight. No. 
and you think about on a, on a playground, you're going to have, I, I mean, you know more than me that, that it's often going to be the bigger kid that gets bullied. Mm-hmm. Now we also have, um, you know, it's, it's going to also be race, mm-hmm. cultural differences, mm-hmm. um, but things that really at an, at an, an age where we know you and I, how those things shaped how we feel about ourselves mm-hmm. and that to not have a place where you feel like you're safe to go to. Yeah. And that's not one of the things that people feel like yeah. the, the people as in, you know, the, the decision makers, the yeah, policy makers, policy makers, yeah. you know, yeah. think, and, and it's all for the reasons that you said is because it's, it's like, well, that's something you've done to yourself. Yeah. Uh, Sandy, if only we ruled the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, as we as we're kind of like wrapping this up, the 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 other thing that I saw here and I thought this is really this is this is something just, just to to say especially because of the new plan this week is that people who eat and exercise the same don't weigh the same nor Will they lose the same amount of weight at the same, um, you know, uh, length of time? Yeah. It, it does not matter. No. It doesn't. It's because we're so individually put together, genetically, DNA, physiologically, that you know our bodies all deal with the uh, fuel differently, and so that can be very difficult for. You know, well, I'm on this and they're on this and we're on the same plan. And why did they lose seven pounds and I only lost point two? I don't know. I mean, we could debate it for days and try and figure it out. Like <laughs> it is, this is what it is. We just yeah. keep moving forward, you know? Yeah. 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 Like I know for you that your, your pattern, you have a very distinct pattern yeah. of weight loss. Yeah. Yeah, and I will as for a week. Frustrating uh, as it is, for a week for or you. two, I won't lose anything, and then the next week I'll lose a significant number, and then yes. the next week or two it'll be nothing again, and sometimes even up. Yes. But then next yeah. week, then it'll be a big, a big like, and and so it's frustrating because it's like, okay, but like yeah. I'm doing the same thing every week. What's going on? But yeah. it's, just, it's just the way yeah. that my body chooses to work. Yeah, but but we also need reminders because I I remember as a, a few weeks ago and you were like you in Saturday morning you sent me a thing and then you were like and I said but isn't that your pattern? <laughs> like, yeah, and, you're <laughs> and like, then yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's is. true. <laughs> just just why it's important to track inside of the the app or wherever you're tracking that as that one measure, you know, each week, and then to be go and look and when it, you look at it on a graph, you you maybe don't even realize that you have a pattern. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure, like, for sure. like maybe it's the week before you get your period if you're a woman. Yeah. And then you realize that, oh, I can see that. Yeah. Every month I have this little blip that goes up and then the next week it's down, you yeah. know, but we don't always make those connections. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what at the end of the, of the, the book that this chapter it says losing weight alone is unlikely to change how you feel fundamentally about your body treating your body with dignity rather than disdain will serve you and your body well over the long haul 
Love that. It's beautiful. It really is. So if you've been reading The Shift along with us, um, I hope that you've been enjoying our little chats. And if you haven't been reading the book, I still hope you've been enjoying our chats. Um, well, yeah. Sandy, delight to chit chat. Yes. You know, as always, honey, as always. It was and uh, I look lovely. forward to um, our chat next week where we can uh, wrap up the book. I know. I know. Oh, and for those of you who are listening and are um, members of the library, the library does have copies. I'm, and Henny, I just want you to know, I've already got a hold on the audio version of the book because I would like it. to listen to I, it. Of course you would. I know you would. So I think you need to like open it up Libby and uh, pitter-patter, mean... let's get at her. <laughs> you know I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> because just listening to Dr. Foster's voice is just enough, you know. Poor guy. <laughs> we totally creeped out. It's creepy. <laughs> and on that note, All right. uh, have a great week, everyone. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you. <laughs> okay, ciao.